hey, Hub City, thank you for joining us today and uh, just welcoming us into your homes. Today, we are concluding our series, The Jesus Paradox, um, and, and it's been fun to look at, at Jesus and, and to claim that he is a paradox and just look at, at parts of his nature and how they are opposite, Yes, yet they, they work together, they're in congruence, and, and they're still true and they're, they're valid. And, and it's just been fun to look at that and examples of paradox. And this paradox uh, that Jesus is, man, it reunites us with him, right? The first week we talked about how Jesus wants to move into our hearts, that he dwells in our neighborhood, and, and that the effort that he goes to do that, and that he pursues after us, and he wants to be with us, and that Jesus is full of grace and he is full of truth, that he is that 100% of the time, grace and truth. And I want to read this scripture that we've been meditating on for these past three weeks, and I think it's been good, it's been different. It's been a challenge for us to just marinate in one scripture and really have God speak to us about um, what he's saying in this scripture. So John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw his glory. Glory as the one and only from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. We saw his glory, glory as the one and only from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And these oars that you see right here that we've been talking about um, for the last week and, and, and for today, uh, that it is a paradox, right? That this oar makes me go one way and this oar makes me go the other way. But when I do them together, Man, it, it, we go in a straight line, and it's kind of like this paradox of what we see in John 1.14 of who Jesus is, right? That, that last week we, we talked about, man, when we set down this grace or our life goes in a circle paddled by legalism. But when we put these paddles together, man, we go in a straight line that is filled with grace and we're filled with truth. And today, what I, I want to think about is what happens when we put this truth or down, when we don't live with truth, when we have an absence of truth in our life. So we're gonna put that down today and see how things go. And I, I'm reminded when I was a youngster, um, my, my grandparents, they lived in Marysville. And it was always so fun to go there uh, on a weekend to, to just get away from the parents and just have some time uh, with with my grandparents. We would always go to the movies. We'd even go to Blockbuster when that was a thing, and we got to rent a movie of our choice. We'd always have waffles in the morning. My, my opa would always wake up early and make waffles for us. But the thing that I always looked forward to the most uh, to, to going to my grandparents' house was Golden Corral. If you don't know what Golden Corral is, it's a, it's a buffet. It's all you can eat you just pay something to enter in and then you can you just have this like huge feast and we would pretty much without a doubt like go there every single time we would visit my grandparents and you know what like this this was a dream for me right like i would walk into golden corral and my eyes would just be so wide and my mouth is drooling right because i'm just like so excited to just stuff my face with way too much junk food and here's the thing, right? Like, I'm not at home, right? I'm not with my parents, and, and my grandparents were, like, a little lax, and they were, they, they were letting us eat whatever we wanted to, right? Like, I could eat 
whatever I wanted to. But actually the best part was I could choose not to eat certain things, right? When I was at home, I had to eat what was on my plate, right? Like I had to eat the veggies. I had to eat the things that I didn't like, right? There, like there was no, uh, like, there was no other way around it. I had to eat what was on my plate. But when I was at Golden Corral, man, I could eat whatever I wanted, but I also could not eat what I wanted. So there was no vegetables for Tyler when he would go to Golden Corral. And seriously, every single plate was filled with this very specific combination. I had pepperoni pizza, I had red jello, mashed potatoes, and french fries. Like that, every single plate, that is what was on my plate. I loved potatoes so much that I wanted two forms of it. And then after that, I had a couple um, plates of dessert. Like I ate way too much. And it was like a song and dance too, right? Because there was times where this jello would get on my pizza or on my mashed potatoes and you'd have red pizza or red mashed potatoes. And that was kind of iffy, but Golden Corral was amazing. And I think... We can turn Jesus into Golden Corral or we can, we can turn Jesus into this buffet or a la carte where we get to choose the things that we want, but we also get to choose the things that we don't want, right? We, we choose the, the truths or the, the rules that are convenient. We, we choose the ones that are really easy to follow or, or follow our will and our way and what we want in our lives, but there's often times where we ignore the, the inconvenient truths, the ones that are just really hard to follow, the ones that maybe we, we just really don't want to follow, that it's not fun to do that. It's Jesus' will, but it's not my will. It's difficult. It's difficult truths that, that we don't want to follow. And what I'm seeing here is, is in our society, in our culture, truth is not an attractive thing. It's not a flashy thing that, that everybody wants a part of, right? When, when I go, and co- go, go to Golden Corral, pizza is really attractive to me, but broccoli is not. I will take pizza over broccoli like any day, man. Like I will always choose that. And I think we, we are, are wired to choose grace over truth. If we had to choose one, we will choose grace over truth because that is the more attractive thing to us. And, and really what's happening, I think our, our, our brains are wired to think of, of truth and, and obedience and following rules as a leash. And people, I don't know if, if you realize this or not, they don't like to be restrained. They don't like to be told what to do. They don't want to have this box that they have to live within. And whether it's, it's people on a leash because of these rules and these regulations or it's, it's, you see these toddlers at an airport with those cute backpacks with the leash behind it or if it's my dog Bowie. People do not like leashes and my dog does not like leashes either. And here's the thing, if I want to take my dog on a walk, which is a great thing to do with your dog, I, I'd encourage you to exercise your dog and I'm, I'm trying to do that. But this process with my dog, man, it is so strenuous. When I try to take my dog Bowie on a walk, the process is harsh, it's long, it's tedious, right? The first step is, is I try to get his harness, right? Because I don't want him to choke. I, I want him to be safe on this walk, right? So I grab this harness and he just like, he looks at me and he runs the opposite direction. He does not want to wear his harness. 
And once, you know, we have that song and dance of me trying to get this harness on him, man, we are finally ready to go on the walk. And we get outside and and we're excited. He's excited because he likes walks. He just doesn't like the harness. But here's the thing. He almost likes walks too much. So he is like, going all over the place. He's tugging on the leash, trying to go left, and then he's trying to go right. He wraps around behind me, right? He's doing all the things. He is horrible on a leash. Like, he just is not doing it right. He is not doing the leash right. He is constantly tugging, constantly going the opposite direction of where I'm trying to guide him. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to extend this leash, right? Cameron and I, like, purposely got this very short leash for Bowie because we know that he does this and he, he tries to go away and he tries to pull on this leash and we wanted to try to teach him that you need to stay with us. But, but he is trying to extend this short leash. He's trying to push the boundaries of where the leash will let him go, what it allows him to do. And, and you know, as his dog dad, I have his best interest in mind, right? I want him to be safe. I want him to do what he's supposed to be doing. But I kind of have to be the tough guy, right? I have to be the bad guy. And and I have to constantly pull on this leash and and tell him verbally, Bowie, you need to stop. You need to stay with me. What you're doing is wrong. He needs to stay with me and within the boundary of the leash. That's how this thing works, Bowie. But here's the thing. What Bowie doesn't realize is that this leash is is what's best for him. This leash is, is me loving him and telling him where he's supposed to go, where he's supposed to be. It's for his benefit. It's for his protection. It's for his good. And really, what this leash is doing, it's, it's a training exercise. It's something that trains Bowie. It's teaching him that the best place to be, the most safest place to be, the, the, pos- the best possible place that he could be on this walk is right next to me, his dad. But here's the thing, and this is where it gets really annoying and really frustrating, right? So Bowie is terrible on the leash, but when you take this dog off the leash, man, he is an angel, and I don't get it. He will literally just walk right next to me super calmly, step by step, and he's just, he's being a good dog. And I don't get why he doesn't do that when he's on this leash. It's this restraint. It's this frustration that he has to stay within this boundary. He has to stay step by step with me. But when he's off that leash, man, he is so calm. He is so good. He is, he's staying where I can see him. He, he's within, within my eyesight. There's this scripture in John chapter 8. It says this, Then Jesus said to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God's word, his his truth, the Bible, Jesus, who is full of truth, shows us that the best, most safest place is to be near to him. When we are obedient, when we are following the ways that, that God has called us to live, when we are choosing to, to follow after his will and his ways, man, it, it shows us that the best place to be is in his presence, is, is to be with him. And, and soon as it talks about this in the scripture that we just read, man, that we discover this freedom. We are free. And that is found in truth. 
Freedom is found in truth and continually pursuing after Jesus and, and, and his presence and being in relationship with him and following his ways and what, what he's called us to do. And really what, what we've got this whole thing confused, truth is not this short leash that, that restrains us from living, from doing what we want to do, right? That is not the truth that I know. That's not the truth that I find in Jesus, Truth is what keeps, keeps us close to the Father. But here's the thing. There are times where Bowie is off leash and he, you know, he, he's doing really good and he's walking next to me and, and, and we're having a good walk and then all of a sudden he, he sees a squirrel, right? He, he, goes, he goes crazy or he sees another dog pal or he sees a human or he sees something that, that smells so, so good and he immediately bolts away. He bolts away, opposite direction. We can't see him, and it's the most terrifying thing. I wouldn't recommend it. And now Bowie is bolting away. He's running away from his safety. But here's the thing. I think Bowie is showing us that we still have a choice of where we go in our freedom. That, that God and his, his goodness has allowed us to be free and, and to make choices and make decisions. But what we're seeing is that we still have a choice within that freedom. And I think we can often take advantage of this grace because we're all grace and we're no truth. That Jesus has, has given us, right? He's given us that and, and, and we run away with it. It's almost like this get out of jail for free card that, that we, we play when we run away and when we come back. We're abandoning this truth that is essential, that, that brings freedom. And, and we, we see something that's more attractive, right? Like Bowie sees something that is more attractive than being next to me. He sees that squirrel. He sees that dog. He sees that person. And, and we see opportunities in our lives. And that is more attractive than truth. That in an equation, it's, it's this thing is greater than the truth in my life. Therefore, I'm going to live in, in a reckless, abandoned way because this truth isn't what I want, right? We're going back to this, I want pizza over broccoli debate. But what one is actually better for you? Is it the pizza or the broccoli? And when we abandon this truth, when we, when we set down this truth or what happens, it, it it leads to wandering. We are wandering in this wilderness. I'm a, a big Office fan, and, and I'm really bummed that it's off of Netflix now, and I'm, I'm still kind of sulking about that and, and kind of bummed about that, but it's going to be okay. Um, but there's this, there's this episode on The Office where, where Michael, um, one of the main characters, he, he kind of has this false sense of security and this hope, and he wants to brave the wilderness all by himself. And he's trying to be like the next Bear Grylls. He wants to be this survivor man. So he asked his buddy Dwight to drive him um, to the forest, the Pennsylvania forest, and for his buddy to just leave him and to confuse his sense of direction and, and let Michael have no idea where he is at in this forest. He's just in the middle of this forest. The only thing is he has the clothes on his back. He has a knife. He doesn't have a compass. He has no set sense of direction and Michael in this episode man he is way too confident he does not have the skills to survive on his own in the wilderness but he is confident 
in his abilities to survive in the wilderness all by himself with like no compass and absolutely no survival skills. And Michael does some kind of foolish things, right? He uses all of his clothes as a tent and therefore he doesn't have any clothes to wear anymore and he almost eats this fatal mushroom. Michael is doing all of these things because he has lost his false sense of hope and his confidence in himself being able to do the right thing. And we see him start to compromise because he doesn't have this this, uh, sense of direction. He doesn't have this this skill to be able to survive on his own. He, He starts to compromise and he has this recklessness. And it led him to being lost. It led him to have these these bad decisions. And here's the thing. When we set down truth, man, we look a lot like Michael wandering in the wilderness. When we set down truth, we wander because we're pursuing after things that, that actually eventually get us lost. When we abandon truth, we wander. We have no sense of direction. We have no compass to be able to navigate this thing called life. We have no sense of direction. Without truth, our lives are guided by compromises and recklessness. That no longer are we, we worried about following the will of God, but we're, we're about satisfying our flesh and doing what, what feels right in the moment. This lifestyle it's not a fulfilling lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that, that makes us feel lost. Without truth, our path is inconsistent. It is faithless. It is lacking obedience. And what we're, we're finding out is, man, we need a paradox of 100% truth, 100% grace in our lives. We need Jesus in our lives. And I like to think about it like this. When we pick up this truth organ and when we live life with truth and grace, man, it's like guardrails. There was this time where my family was going to Yosemite and we had, we had two vehicles. We had this really, really big RV and we had uh, a smaller vehicle behind it just following the, the RV because we just had so many people going. And there was this one point where we're almost to Yosemite. The RV is getting really hot, really tired. And all of a sudden, we are going on this really, really windy road, and there are no guardrails. And it is terrifying. And the car behind us is looking at this RV, and there, one of our tires is literally off the side of the road. At that point, our RV could have tumbled over. It's like, like crap your pants moment. Nobody in the RV was talking. We were all terrified. We were so scared. And living life without truth or without grace is like that moment where we don't have any guardrails, where we at any moment in our life, man, we can just go off the road because we don't have any guardrails in our lives. But Jesus' truth and his grace are like guardrails. You need both of them to keep you on the road. It says this in John 14, chapter, uh, John 14, verse six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth. 
Jesus isn't just about the truth. He just isn't for the truth. He is the truth. He is a living example of what truth looks like and what truth is. So therefore, the absence of truth in your life, man, it it looks like an absence of Jesus in your life. And as we're discovering the absence of Jesus or the absence of truth in our life leads to wandering, where we're lost, away from the Father. But here's the thing, the presence of Jesus in your life means that you are led by truth. And as we see in John chapter 14, the presence of Jesus is a compass that leads you straight into communion with the Heavenly Father, with your Heavenly Father. And in the presence of your Father, man, you will find grace and you will find truth. And this grace and truth, man, it guides you. It it, it protects you. It welcomes you back when you wander. It keeps you safe. It keeps you on the road like those guardrails. And in Jesus' grace and in his truth, man, you will find a freedom where you cannot find it anywhere else that you experience true freedom from sin, from condemnation, man, you experience redemption, a a new life, a, a new eternity forever with God. And as as we go on with our lives and we live our lives, I I just challenge you to remember this paradox of grace and truth. And and as you go on your, your boat throughout your life, may you just paddle with both oars, May you use grace and may you use truth. May you go out and be a display of Jesus. When we display grace and we display truth, we are putting Jesus on display in our lives. Let's pray. God, we we thank you that you bring truth to our lives. That you are someone that brings clarity, that brings direction. God, and I, can, I, can I just ask that we do not have this opinion about truth, that it is a leash that restrains us, that, that puts us within this box. Can we trust you and trust your truth that it, it truly does bring freedom in our lives? That would we live a life that glorifies you, that, that honors you, that lives in obedience to the way that you've called us, man, we find a freedom that we will never experience anywhere else. And God, can we put grace and truth on display? Can that be what we broadcast in our lives when we connect with people, when we run into people, when we're frustrated with people? Can we be people that display grace and truth, not one or the other? Jesus, teach us how to be a paradox. God, we thank you that your nature brings hope it brings peace, it brings resurrection in our lives. God, we trust you and we love you. In your name we pray, amen. If you'd like more information regarding Hub City Church, find us at thehubcitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.